Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Cantillon Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and order yours today. By OxyPal, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, you're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by NCHC-TV and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams, home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, uh, Paul Hornstein, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, how are you? Uh, we're okay. Uh, I just hope that uh, the people that make our usual... Uh, production opens and things can. Uh... <laughs> you don't like hearing yourself or what? Oh God! I thought There is nothing worse than hearing the sound of your own voice. And if you ever <laughs> run in to somebody who has broadcast training or. Uh, any amount of experience in the business. If if you ever hear them tell you they like their voice, they are flat out lying to you because I've never met anybody <laughs> outside of the guys with the deep broadcasting. <laughs> you know, the guy you does the guy like the guy that does movie theater promo intros or. In a world where, you know, I mean, those are, those are the only guys that, that, that have to like their voices because, oh, my Lord. I it, And maybe it's just maybe I'm <laughs> sick of hearing my voice. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But Well, I'll tell you what. Our uh, our producer, and I guess I am too now then because I'm married to her. Uh, but uh, we well, are. That's, uh, another, that's another story in and of itself. We're we not are. Get into that. We are related to uh, a voiceover guy, one of the best in the in the world. Uh, so that's uh, kind of exciting. But really, yeah, I think he I think he likes his voice. It's a story for for another time. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to tell you that story one time because I think uh, it's really good. The story yeah, that we're well, talking. Okay, finish. I was going to say, let's go. Come <laughs> okay. on, take, we we're allowed to okay. take advantage of family. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so here's the deal. We talk college hockey, specifically NCAA hockey, specifically in the Southwest, if you can call Denver 
Colorado College in Colorado Springs and Air Force in Colorado Springs, part of the Southwest along with Arizona State. So uh, that's what we do on Tuesday nights. Tonight we got a great guest that's going to be joining us, uh, scheduled to join us anyway. We're going to try to connect with Frank Serratore again, the head coach of Air Force, as they prepare to open up their home season against Robert Morris this weekend. Uh, Air Force uh, came up a little short on the road at AIC this past weekend, their first two games of the season. And our friends at NCHC, uh, our new corporate partner, NCHC and NCHC.tv, um, are right now in the middle of their second game in the pod. So exciting, right? Everybody now in our, in our coverage area, Paul, will have uh, begun play with the exception of Colorado College, which won't start until the 8th due to their COVID restrictions. But, right, but Denver um, didn't play yet either. Yeah, well, they play tomorrow. But, uh, play, yeah, well, that's not – yeah, that's okay. not tonight. Yeah, yeah. But, you I know mean, me. I if if, if I, I know, get a laugh I'm holding you to your word. I'll do. Yeah, I know. I know. Slap me on the wrist. Okay, we're we're done with it. <laughs> so so we're Maybe. hopefully going to bring uh, Coach uh, Saratori on and, and get a feel for uh, what he thought last week with his team's uh, opening weekend. I also want to talk to him a little bit about what it was like COVID wise for him because uh, we know what's going on in the Big Ten. Uh, we know what's going on in the NCHC now with the pod, but everybody else is kind of just going business as usual without fans and, of course, using the restrictions. But uh, I just was curious as to getting from point A to point B and how that was all about. So I thought it was great that we could uh, invite him on, and he graciously agreed to come on. So we will try the magic of three-way calling and uh, hook up coach with you and I, and, uh, and we'll talk a little hockey here in about 15 minutes or so. In the meantime, what are we Paul, talk about until then. Well, here's the meantime, Paul. Uh, oh, there was a press okay. conference again today, and you got to listen in to the uh, well, see it visit. <laughs> you was a Zoom press conference with yep. uh, Coach Powers. So, uh, give us a little breakdown about what the coach had to think of his uh, sweep of Wisconsin and and the uh, offensive outburst. Well. Uh, you know, we thought going into the seat that they would score and the problem would be on the back end. Um, and, you know, at least in the first four games, it was kind of the exact opposite. They, they couldn't score. They weren't uh, – they were missing opportunities and you were not converting on the chances that they did have. I'll throw out the first game against Michigan because it's still, still the first game. And and I and I think uh, if you ask any coach, they'll tell you they don't really know what they have or don't know what kind of adjustments to make until they actually play that first game. I mean, it could be a question we can ask uh, Coach Serator when he comes on in a little bit. Um, you know, unless you have better in team. Okay. Um, and you know, ASU was playing a whole bunch of freshmen in that first game, so. Uh, you know, he was pleased, and why wouldn't you be? You got two wins. Uh, you know, they got scoring from the third and fourth line, really didn't get much from the top two lines. So if that's a portent of things come, they should be in pretty good shape. And the other thing that uh, came out of that today is uh, I asked the coach if there were any uh, – sour taste in some of the veterans' mouth about the games against Notre Dame that they opened up with a few years ago. 
And we came to the stark and scary reality that nobody on this team was on that team. <laughs> That's scary. That is scary. Uh, that and is I was very like, scary. Because they're like, not very old. This team is not very old. No, I know that. And you, you now, I mean, holy smokes. When he said that, he goes, uh, he, he says to me, uh, there, nobody on this team was on that team. We're like, And I'm like, was it that long ago? He says, yeah, we're getting old, Paul. And uh, <laughs> I, I was like shaking my head because I didn't realize it was that long ago. You know, yeah, you don't well. think that anything with that program is that long ago because the, season, the team hasn't been around that long. But it has now. It, 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 it's been around long enough to say the guys weren't on a team. Yeah, I hear you. I would say uh, I would say the things that I was most impressed with, and I talked about that on Sunday's show, uh, so I don't want to rehash it too much, but I thought they did a really good job of taking away time and space in the neutral zone. I thought uh, they struggled with that the first two weekends. They, they got better each weekend, but uh, this last weekend against Wisconsin, they played really, really well. Now, I know Wisconsin was without players that were out there, one on his way to the World Juniors, the other four uh, were COVID-related, one tested positive, three were close contacts, so they didn't play. But, Paul, that second line uh, <laughs> of Wisconsin's was uh, an all-NHL line, all draft picks, and that did not include Cole Caulfield. Right. So, I mean, it's, Wisconsin's still had plenty of talent, um, and I'll go back to it. Demetrius Kumansis, after the game, said, if we were missing players, and we were, uh, no one would feel sorry for us. So you play with who you got. Yep, that's exactly what you do. And Wisconsin had and the opportunity to uh, to want to postpone or cancel the game if they didn't feel like they had enough players to compete. That was their say, and uh, I don't think ASU had any say in it whatsoever. Uh, they chose to feel the team and play, and um, you know what? It is what it is, as they say, right? right. And the other things that came out of it, and I, and I probably will ask the coach this question too, uh, was one, uh, we all know how Coach Powers like to be a one-goalie guy, and he more or less said that it's probably going to be another couple of weeks to give uh, both Cole Brady and Evan DeBrower a chance to separate themselves from the other guy. So expect to see a, a split for the next couple of weekends in goal anyway for this uh, Notre Dame and Penn State series coming up. And uh, the other thing I, I asked was the player that was at the press conference today was Willie Neerham. And I said, how, if at all, is it different playing in an empty building? He goes, it's really not that strange at all. It's like it's like just an intent by practice. Because once the puck drops, you don't even really notice it. So... I thought that was an interesting answer. I'm curious to see if you get the same answer from the coach. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, the other thing, Paul, that was interesting is the uh, the Sun Devils had a vote, a team vote, and decided that they would uh, stay on the road um, even with the off week coming up after Notre Dame until they go to Penn State and uh, finish out what they're calling the first half, which is basically the end of 2020. And then the schedule hopefully will be out and we'll know where they're going to be in 2021. We still know it's Big Ten schools. We still know they're going to be on the road. But I thought that was interesting that the, the team took a vote. Uh, 
it means that they're going to be on the road for 36 straight days and then uh, head back to Tempe. And I don't know if they're going to be allowed to go anywhere for Christmas with COVID or if they're all going to just uh, huddle up in their places in Tempe or what. But um, 36 days is an awful long time to be on the road. And, and that's the first thing that popped into my head. But then I thought, this team went to China for 14 days. So, I mean, in another country. So it's not like it's really that different for them. Well, I, 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 I the players all seem to, 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 to like it. They go, you know, and, and I asked that question too. I said to Willie, I said, you know, when players stop playing, the first thing you say that they miss is, is, the, team, is the time with the guys. And I said, I don't expect you to go into any details now uh, or tell us anything at school, so to speak. But uh, is is being on the road with everybody uh, for as long a period of time going to give you plenty of stories to tell when you're done playing hockey? And he basically said, oh, yeah, you know, for sure. (laughs) Right. Okay, so let's take a quick break, Paul. Let's uh, come back, and we'll hook up with you on a three-way call with the Coach Territory. Uh, we will have a little bit of downtime here in a minute, uh, so don't panic, folks. We're uh, just making the connection, and we'll be right back. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal. On NCHC.TV, your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on NCHC.TV. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. All right, folks, we're going to take just about a one-minute break here while we make the connection, and we'll be right back with the head coach of Air Force Hockey, Frank Serratore.
Uh, all right, welcome back in, hockey fans in the uh, Southwest. It's uh, another College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein out of beautiful Long Island, New York. And it's our pleasure again to bring back to the show the head coach of the Air Force Hockey Falcons, Frank Saratori. So, Coach, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. And, and how are things up in the beautiful Colorado Springs? We're getting a little bit of snow right now, but that's okay. And, uh, it's, uh, we're, we're pushing Christmas now, so we might as well get a little snow. And, you know, in Colorado, if you don't uh, like the weather, you just wait five minutes. Probably whatever we get tonight is probably going to be melting in two days. But, uh, uh, no, it's, it's fantastic. I love it here. Good to hear, Coach. You finally got to kick the season off, uh, and uh, you did it on the road at AIC. So tell us a little bit about that. I, I had a couple of questions for you regarding it. First of all, before the games, I know they were really close. Paul and I both had a chance to see them. But um, how was it traveling under COVID conditions? Was it was it a lot different or not too much for you and the guys? I don't know. We just went to the airport, uh, <laughs> uh, checked in our bags, got on the airplane, and uh, – and flew to Boston, and uh, and we did the same thing coming back. I mean, you know, they the uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of restaurants and that are closed in the airports. Have you guys flown? Have you guys been flying at all? No, I I have not. I haven't left the yeah. ground. I, I mean, uh, I mean, you can fly. It's just like you know regular, just uh, but there's just not as many you know restaurants. So what was weird uh, is uh, the hotels like I. We were in a big shirt and in Springfield, and then we stayed at the Copley Marriott in Boston on our last night before we flew out Sunday morning, and and uh, there wasn't many people. I mean, I never thought I'd, I got up early. I had like a, a 5.30 flight in the morning. To get, I wanted to get back, and uh, I went uh, downstairs to, to get a cab, and uh, there I never thought I'd see the day there were no cabs at, at the Copley Marriott. So I, I, got, I ordered an Uber. And it took it took thirty minutes to get an Uber in like in the middle of in the middle of Boston. So I just goes to tell you that tells you how slow things how slow things are. I can't imagine that this isn't just uh, having a it like it's gonna have to rear its ugly head. It's gonna have to have negative effects on our economy. But uh, yeah, it's sad to be honest with you. In Springfield, they had a little bit of a mall across the street, an indoor mall. Went in there and. All that was open was a, a Dunkin' Donuts at a jewelry store. How the heck a jewelry store? <laughs> I mean, they had a big food court. Nobody's working. They're like it was kind of creepy, to be honest with you. And uh, and uh, like I said, the hotels. As far as flying, um, I don't know. It's like uh, it's it, it, it's regular. I, I flew on Southwest coming back, and they kept the middle seats open unless you were a family that you could sit across. But I don't think that was the way I'm united with our guys coming back. But, uh, um, you know, you have to wear your masks and all that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, other than, like, uh, a lot of businesses uh, being closed, um, I flew through Chicago midway, and there was probably only four restaurants open. Their food court in the middle was all closed down. And it was, so it's kind of, kind of sad, uh, kind of creepy. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of people flying uh, through midway. Um, but uh, I don't know. That's what see, it is. Now, see now, Coach. Now you just you. Uh, it wasn't a question I was going to ask, but you solved a, a a preconceived notion. I guess is the only way to put it. I, I didn't realize you guys flew commercial. 
I figured that you guys were the Air Force. You guys had a, access to a plane somewhere. Well, we have, uh, at, you know, we put in for, for military air flights. And uh, this is uh, good, something good for like, your listeners to know. I mean, when we've got reservists that need to get hours, that they, they need to get up in the air and they need to get, they need to get their flight hours. And uh, what we do, uh, we have a, a, a person that uh, who uh, coordinates uh, military air flights for our athletic department. And uh, she, she puts it out and sometimes he's reserved. Uh, units will pick us up and it's really good for the taxpayer because you kill two birds with one stone they're gonna you know the taxpayers are getting more bang for their buck and we're not buying commercial tickets and they're they're getting their hours and they're taking us and that type of thing but um you know like this trip was over thanksgiving it's awfully hard to get bill air on holidays, uh, the, the reservists aren't generally, you know, doing that stuff um, over holidays. So, um, so we, so we do. Uh, in, in some years are different than others. I mean, when they had all the hurricanes back a couple of years ago, we had no uh, flights available because all the reservists, all the, you know, all the, you know, all the uh, reserve stations, all they were flying uh, food and medication and supplies and whatnot like to Puerto Rico and places like that where that got hit by the you know in Texas wherever whoever got hit by those hurricanes so it ebbs and flows and uh, um, some years you get a lot of it some years you don't get much at all but uh, when we do get it it's a good thing for us and it's a good thing for the taxpayer basically we get we get it's like a charter for us we'll fly like when we go to Boston we won't fly into Logan we'll fly into Hanscom Air Force Base, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, the same thing if we fly into, into Connecticut, we'll fly at the, to, into the reserve base that's right next to Bradley Airport. Um, so, yeah, sometimes we get mail air, sometimes we don't. But this, this trip was a commercial flight, mostly because of, uh, like I said, it was it was uh, over Thanksgiving. Did, did you know that, Scott? Because I didn't. Uh, I I had heard that just because I, I know a couple of guys had played for Frank, uh, the the Lamborough boys uh, told me that. So, uh, Jock was mm-hmm. Jock would give me a little information every now and then, Frank. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so so tell us about the weekend. Close games. I'm sure that's the way you thought they were going to be, but uh, you came up on the short end. So, what did you take away from the opening weekend? Well, we like we went uh, we we went out there shorthanded. We had five starters that were out of the lineup for different injuries and COVID, different things, and a couple self-inflicted wounds. But uh, we we went out a little shorthanded. AIC's got a good team. They were picked to win the league, and uh, they beat us two to one on Friday. Actually, three to one with an empty netter, and uh, it could have been four or five to one. Uh, Alex Schilling was outstanding in the net for us. And uh, Saturday, uh, uh, we played a little better. And uh, Alex was great again, and uh, and uh, an- another two to one game. The thing that made me happy about our group is we showed a lot of spunk and a lot of spirit. Uh, they never quit, and um, actually won that third period um, in the on the second night, which was a good which was a good sign because we had a real young team, and I didn't I just didn't know how much they uh, how much uh, gas they had left in the tank, but uh, but they fought right to the bitter end, which uh, Air Force teams do. And uh, but uh, AIC is good. They deserve to win the games. They got more quality chances than we did. Uh, they've got an older, more mature team. And uh, but uh, you know, one thing about uh, 
looking at them, you know, they're going to be a good team and they're going to get better. Eric Lang's an outstanding coach. Um, but I think that they're a lot closer to their ceiling than we are. Um, we, we've got a ton of freshmen and sophomores. And I think, you know, what, what, what you're looking at now um, is not what you're going to see um, at the end of February. And, uh, you know, that's generally when we've been good. And, uh, you know, we've had, a, we've had a, you know, so we found a way to be playing our best hockey in late February and March for, you know, forever how long I can remember. We've always been, you know, we, and I told the boys, I said, guys, you know, we've won nine championships and we never won, we never won, we never won one on the, on the first weekend. And to be honest with you, well, we won every one of them on the last weekend of Atlantic hockey. We either won the last game of the tournament or we won the last game of the regular season to win the regular season championship. So, you know, uh, it's a journey. And, uh, you know, uh, like I said, we showed a lot of spirit and spunk, but, uh, uh, but I, I think this group is going to, you know, is going to improve immensely over the course of the season. And, you know, it would be nice to be able to play AIC at the end of the year in a big game. And, you know, who knows? You just never know. It very well may happen. See, and I, I thought you guys had a legitimate chance to win Saturday, uh, the, the first game on Friday afternoon. Uh, I think it was just a matter of they capitalized on one or two really good chances that they had. And, you know, like you said, you have a young team and they weren't quite able to finish. Um, yeah. Am I, I overestimating that or? Well, I just did be honest with you on Friday, I, I didn't think we, I thought from the top of the circles in, they were much uh, better. You know, they're more experienced and they're older and uh, they got some handy guys and they just generated more quality chances. I didn't think we generated a, a, a lot of quality chances on, on Friday. We did a better job on, on Saturday, I thought, and we did a better job on both sides from the top of the circle in in the offensive zone and also, you know, uh, defending against them from the top of the circles back. Um, I thought Schultz had to be great on, on Friday. Um, he was great on Saturday, but he didn't have to be as great uh, on Saturday as he did on Friday. That was my take. So it, I, in speaking over time to uh, football coaches, they often say that there, there's no level of improvement uh, like there is from the first game to the second game. Uh, is it like that? college hockey from the first weekend to the second weekend or is is that just not enough time in hockey well i think if you have an experienced team i mean obviously get them getting them some game reps is going to really help an experienced team you know a young team like ours i think it's i think it's going to be more gradual you know and uh um we've got robert morris uh, coming in this weekend and we'll see where it goes like i said we had a few guys out we'd like to get some of those guys uh back um, and uh, and make a progressive step, but I think when you've got an experienced team, I think those exhibitions are good, and, and I think you can, you're, you're a lot closer to, to to you know to maximizing your potential when you have an older team. When you have a like I said, like we have so many freshmen and sophomores. What you see now, they're just getting basic experience right now, and uh, you know where you know where a team like AIC is just uh, they're kind of fine tuning things. Um, so I, I think. I think uh, you know, you know, most football teams aren't overly young, especially you know they all redshirt players and all that type of thing. I think most football college football teams are really heavy with junior and seniors. So I do think I can see why they would say the biggest, you know, you know, getting that extra exhibition game or that non-conference game under their belt early in the year and uh, getting their timing on the, you know, uh, especially offensively. I can see I can see where that where 
where that is. You know, with us, like I said, young team, I think, I think it's, uh, it's going to take some time. We're going to have our ups and downs, but you know what, when the, you know, when the smoke, uh, when the smoke clears at the end of the year, you know, our goal guys, our goal is to be the team that nobody wants to draw in the playoffs in March, in fact, late February, March, that's our goal. And, um, and we've been pretty successful at doing that. And with the spirit and the spunk that our guys showed this weekend, like uh, if, if, if we continue, if we can get better as a team and more consistent, I can see this group being a scary team to draw in the playoffs. Okay, Coach, uh, you mentioned Robert Morris coming in. It's going to be your home opener uh, weekend series. Uh, give us a little scouting report on Robert Morris and what you expect them to bring. Um, i be honest with you, Scott, I don't know a whole lot about him. I, I don't really know. You know, we just, we've gotten back and we practiced yesterday. We're starting to watch film right now. But, uh, you know, Derek School, he's always, uh, he, he's always got a good team. They're always well coached. And uh, uh, they split their series with Canisius. Uh, he told me that Canisius has improved and they've gotten better. Um, they went, they, they pretty much all their guys have already had COVID, so they're clear. They're pretty clear right now, so they're going to be, you know, uh, in, in some ways you don't want to get this stuff, but if you're going to get it, it's, it's probably good that everybody gets it because once everybody gets it and gets over it, then you, you don't have to test for 90 days, and uh, that's kind of the situation they're in right now. Uh, it's a little scarier on our campus right now. I know our women's basketball game got canceled today because we we had a couple cases. Um, I don't know what's going on with the men's basketball game tomorrow. But we've had a few guys get it, and uh, uh, we've we've had uh, uh, four guys get it. But uh, we've had a lot of guys that haven't. We've been in the academy bubble, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can stay away from that. I guess I didn't answer your question a little bit too well. But uh, uh, to be honest with you, we just I just haven't. You know, tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna dig more into Andy and Joe uh, got the special teams clips from from uh, off the internet and that type of thing, and we're gonna delve into it more. But you know, Derek's teams are always good. They're always, they're always, he comes and uh, they read, they're always ready to play. They're always tough. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, in, you know, from my perspective, I don't want to say that, like, it doesn't matter to me about Robert Morris or what the, you know, it, it, yeah, it does. We're going to scout. We're going to get their tendencies offensively, defensively, their tendencies on the special teams, all that type of thing. But, like, I'm a big believer, like, it's about us and what, you know, about our game and us, uh, you know, uh, maximizing our potential within our game and, and being tough to play against and that type of thing and imposing our will on, on our opponents. And there are some things that you need to scout, you need to watch out for, um, the teams, especially on special teams. But I, I don't, you know, to me, pre- preparing for, an, for a weekend series is, is about 85% preparing us and making sure we're prepared to do what we do and 15% on, on uh, what the opposition and what their tendencies are. Yeah, so there you go. Well, you you answered it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, coach. I mean, it's year to year. Most coaches keep doing what they do, right? So it's it's not like you're going to be completely unfamiliar with the guys on the team, right? Um, and and that's that's a that's a valid statement. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'll, you know, coaches. Not that they're lazy, but you you kind of go with what you you're familiar with and what you've been right. successful with. And, um, you know, every once in a while, you know, somebody will throw out a face-off play or something like that. But generally, you're right. The, the, the way teams play or the way they play and the, the way coaches coach or the way they coach and, and the, the DNA of, of their 
of their of their teams. Uh, you know, the way they play, the style of play, generally doesn't change a whole hell of a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, um, guys like obviously certain coaches like certain types of players, and they like certain types of players because they can play the game. They they can they can play a certain style, and uh, so coaches obviously recruit players that 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 complement the way they play, and they're they're really. I don't want to say there isn't a lot of change there, but uh, but uh, there, but really there, there really is. I don't see a lot. Right. Of, I don't ever see like you know a team that is a run and gun team. All of a sudden, the next next year they're freaking they're they're trap <laughs> city. You know, like you don't see that. You know, no. like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I did watch a little bit against Huntsville, and 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 they definitely were, if nothing else, against Huntsville. They they were the. Uh, they, they were a third period team where they really turned it on Huntsville in the third period. Uh, I mean, you would be, you would obviously be a better judge of how accurate I was or how accurate I am when you get to watch film, but at least that's the way it looked to this untrained eye. So take from that, I guess what you will. Um, here's a question I asked a player earlier this afternoon. What was it like? Coaching, I mean, when you come out on, in, onto the bench, it, it's a different feel. What was it like coaching in an empty building? And did it change once the puck dropped where it was, where, where those feelings might have been a little bit different than when you walked out? You know, um, first of all, you know, in college hockey, there's, there's teams that draw real well. There's some teams that don't draw flies. So it's not like we haven't played in buildings where where there's it's been sparse uh, in the stands with with fans and and AIC is is one of those places. You know, generally they don't draw despite having a very good team. They don't draw very well. And um, um, I didn't we didn't I didn't notice it a whole heck of a lot. You know what they did a good job with. I think everybody needs to do a good job with it is the atmosphere within with the music and and uh, even like I know that I I I, I saw that. I heard our our people, our game ops people, uh, doing things with our new video scoreboard and that type of thing, and they're piping in crowd noise and music, and and uh, actually uh, they did a pretty good job of that in the Mass Mutual Center, you know, just just piping some atmosphere, keeping the music going, and uh, you know the boys were focused on their play, we were focused on our coaching. It was, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, that it's not like they 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 play that they draw full houses there anyway. I mean, it's usually just family and friends. So there was just a little bit less than there usually is. But, uh, um, but you know, I, I think it would be really creepy. Like you go into a place like, uh, um, you know, like uh, Yost Arena in Michigan where they where they usually talk into the gills and then, and all of a sudden there's nobody there. But I, I, I guess again, like, just like you saw in the NHL playoffs that they're, you know, they're trying to make up for that a little bit with, uh, you know, with uh, piping in the atmosphere and staying on top of the music and that type of thing. And I know that's what we're going to be doing. But I think the kids right now, the kids are just so happy to be playing again. We haven't, you know, so we haven't played a game since last March we had where they ended our season. Um, uh, they ended our, the, the NCAA ended our season. And, and uh, you know, I think for our guys just to be on the road, be in a hotel, um, even if we were the only ones in it, you know, having a pregame meal, sleeping, getting up, going to the rink, and and doing what we're what we what we've been doing our whole lives was was uh and like I tell you what, it was fun for me just to be a part of a hockey game again. It was it was really fun, despite not winning. Um, uh, you know, I was it was it was great to like I said be part of a hockey game again. 
Okay, Coach, uh, this is kind of a broad question and the last one for me, then I'll let Paul finish up with you. But uh, when you take a big-picture look, and, and we got the NCHC starting up in their pod right now. We've got Arizona State playing in the Big Ten, but they're all road games uh, in the Big Ten. And you've seen what's happened in the Ivy League schools, and, and Atlanta hockey's got their thing, and H uh, the uh, Hockey East has their thing. Um it, when you look at the big picture and you prepare for an NCAA tournament, is there anything that you think um, is fair or unfair? I guess that's kind of a crazy question, but uh, everybody's doing it different, and that's so abnormal for NCAA sports. I, well, I, I mean, you, you notice something that, that, that really disappoints me. Like we have a coaches association, we have meetings every, uh, we have Zoom calls every week, and and we've got a good fraternity of coaches. I mean, uh, we've sixty different schools, and 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 I really like the guys. And uh, but uh, you know, we haven't we haven't been on the same page with a lot of things. Ever, it, it, the leagues have all been doing their their own thing. And I, I asked earlier, why wouldn't we have a common start date? Why wouldn't we work in? Uh, 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 three weeks or so where we could have non-conference game and have some co- cross-pollination. And, um, I, you know, it like, I, 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 the answer was crickets. And, uh, and, <laughs> and it's it, like, to me, it kind of disappointed me that we, it was kind of every man for himself, everybody doing their own thing. And that's exactly what, what ended up happening. You have some leagues that are playing non-conference games, some that are not different amounts of games are being played. Um, you've had teams that have decided not to play, and that's fine. And that's fine. That's a decision that they made. But uh, there, they, you know, basically, it, it, it wasn't that was going through this. It, it, it never ended up being college hockey acting as a as a community and and going in and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do, and there's going to be some consistency, and we're going to have a common strong date. Now, it gets it gets complicated because. You know, like different states have got, you know, different uh, regulations and whatnot. And in some states, you know, you, you, you can't even play. You can't play in the state. Like when you couldn't play in the state of New York, that's why Canadians went and played two games at Robert Morris. I mean, and now they're starting to be able to do that. But there was, you know, there, there's different rules from the in the east and the west and that type of thing. But uh, it disappointed me a little bit that that we weren't uh, that we weren't uh, acting as 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 a as a body, as opposed to you know every league was every man for themselves for the most part, and and that's that's what ended up happening. After a while, you re- I realized that that um, it was every man for themselves. Each of the leagues are just taking care of themselves and um, making decisions on conference only games or whatever they were going to do. And I I told our guys in our league, I mean we got to we got to quit waiting for somebody to to make some rules here. We need to take care of ourselves. You know, let's put together a 20 game or 24 game schedule. Let's make our own plan. And that's what, what ultimately what happened. Um, I brought up, uh, um, you know, uh, Long Island, you know, using Long Island. Uh, so we didn't have to have an off weekend because we had an odd number of teams. Let's bring out Long Island. It's good for them. If I save their program, it's going to get them, them some home games that they never would have had. And, um, it's going to enable us to not have to have a team sit out on any given weekend, and which you don't want to have, especially in a shortened season. So, but um, yeah, no, you're right on. You, you, you saw it. I mean, uh, um, I, I am disappointed that the that the uh, 
commissioners didn't act more as a collective group as opposed to, you know, six different individuals doing doing their own thing. Coach, uh, as, as long as you brought this up, and that's not where I was going to go, but have you had a chance to talk to any of the ECAC coaches? Because that league has really gotten screwed up because there's almost nobody left to play this year. Right. And uh, I know I saw that uh, Bruce put it on the team the other day. You know, they're in a tough spot. Uh, you couldn't be out and, and uh, uh, Clarkson, you know, the teams out of Colgate, the ones that are still playing. Um, they're they're going to have to they're going to have to try to get some um, non conference games, or they're going to end up playing each other a ton of times. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be this year. And uh, you know, you just have to you have to play when the opportunity presents it and, and get some games under your belt. And uh, I believe I believe it's thirteen games that you that that you that we're going to at a minimum that you're going to need to play to be eligible for the NCAA tournament. So every weekend that you can play is. Uh, you're two games closer to that uh, that uh, 13 that uh, that you're going to need to be eligible for the tournament. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time, and uh, as always, uh, be safe out there. I uh, I've been driving on Dave a little bit because he told me that uh, he couldn't let any more people in to cover games this weekend. So uh, he's thinking maybe I can sneak in for that uh, uh, Team USA game uh, next weekend. So maybe we'll run into each other in two weeks. Good luck, Scott. You'll either get in or you'll get shot at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's no, so there's no name dropping, Frank. <laughs> oh, I love it, uh, Coach. Thanks so much for coming on. We we always love having you on. Anytime you want to come on. Good luck this weekend against Robert Morris. And uh, first of all, get that team healthy and safe. Okay. Sounds good, boys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Coach. All right. Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. 
stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. We appreciate you sticking with us through the uh, the transitions that we had going on, bringing on uh, head coach of Air Force, uh, Frank Saratori. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Scott Strandy with you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always, from that beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York. He's uh, he's probably just getting settled back in now after uh, doing the three-way call. But, Paul, uh, your thoughts on Coach Saratori? It's uh, never a dull moment, is it? No, well, and and he is advertised. You know, he he doesn't hold anything back. If he tells you he doesn't, if if, if he doesn't like something, he's not going to hide from it. Um, and you know, and, and talking about uh, how to, to schedule the season is a perfect example of that. Um, and you know, you can just ask a question and let him go. You know, you don't you you don't you you can take four or five minutes to ask get ready for the next question because he'll just give you everything you need. And, uh, you know, there are coaches like that. There are coaches that are um, experts at coach speak. And you kind of have to sit there and translate in sparse words. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, because that's how, just how most coaches are. But coach territory is, 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 is the opposite. You know, he's a quote machine. And you, you have, you know, if you if you're a media person, you have to love that. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, he's uh, he's been that way since the day I met him, which is gosh, twenty five years ago now. I hate to even put a date on it, but it's it's a long time ago. Uh, what what a great guy though. Always great to have on. Like he said, he's looking forward to it. I, I love it when I when I asked him about the scouting report on Robert Morris, he said. Uh, 85% of our preparation comes with our team. <laughs> We're not worried well, about anybody that's else. A per- that's We're going to go take it to you. Example, right? I mean, that's right. A per- <laughs> How many coaches, when you talk to them, will sit there and be like, um, well, you know, they're going to do this. Or, uh, no, he just came right out and said, we focus on us. You know, we haven't even looked at the film yet. Okay, good. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of why I added the question, because in all honesty, uh, you know, maybe when you do that, you're preparing the freshmen and guys that didn't play much last year. But, you know, the guys that have been there for a few years, and that's not a lot of them, um, they know how Robert Morris is going to play. It'll just be a quick refresher for them. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, just like Robert Morris is going to know how the Air Force guys are going to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, so we talked ASU, we talked Air Force, so we got two teams left in our region to talk about over here the last 15 minutes or so. Um, th- those two teams are <laughs> they're in the same conference. They're 45 minutes apart from each other uh, in their location. Um, but, man, the way the season has started for both of them, it couldn't be farther 
uh, on either end of the spectrum, Paul. Uh, Denver has been relatively good shape. They've practiced. They've added players, uh, grad transfers. They've gotten prepared to play in the pod. Uh, they'll start their action tomorrow uh, in a very big game tomorrow uh, night in Omaha. And then you look at Colorado College, and poor Colorado College, they're uh, the smallest university, I think, uh, in, easily in the conference and maybe in all of hockey. Um, but here they go through COVID. Uh, they, they've held, held on like troopers uh, with their players being separated from their coaches. And, and now today was the first day they came out of their 14-day protocol. Uh, they're going to get ready, and they're going to travel, I think, this weekend um, – over to uh, Omaha and start their pod, if you will, on the 8th of December. So let's start off with uh, Colorado College. You and I uh, both had a chance to uh, to be on with Coach Haviland. And, and gosh, uh, talk about a group of guys that really has to keep their head up, right? Yeah, well, it's funny because uh, while we were waiting for the various pieces of the ASU press conference, we were talking about Colorado College. Um, there were a few of us and, and the question came up is, will they practice for a few days before they leave or will they just leave today or tomorrow and get there and do their practice in there so they can be inside the bubble and inside the pod and, 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 and go from there. Um, at least it was our opinion, myself and a couple of the other guys that if we were making the decision, we would have left today or early tomorrow, got there, and then done our practicing uh, at Omaha in order to get ready for that first game on the 8th. Um, you know, whether or not that's what they do or whether or not that's what they're doing, uh, we'd have to ask that question. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember if it came up in, in, uh, on media day. I, I think they're going to spend a couple of days practicing at home. And then, uh, and then take off uh, this weekend. I, I think maybe Saturday or Sunday uh, they're going to depart Colorado Springs. I could be wrong, but that's uh, the last that I had heard was that they were going to stay in uh, Colorado Springs and go through their practices. And then, and that's, but I agree with you. I think if I could get there the sooner the better. And maybe that's what they ultimately did. I don't know. But right. uh, I, I just think about you know, the, the student athletes. And I talked about that uh, Sunday show or last week about. Uh, think about a student athlete. You're the one poor guy that contracted COVID and you're separated from your teammates from 14 days. That has to seem like 14 years to a college student to be separated oh, from your team. And and then to be able to hold it all together and, you know, credit to his teammates too, because I know they were supporting him, but, you know, what do you feel like inside as a teammate going like, gosh, one guy gets sick and the rest of us can't play. Um, well, it, I, I would hope that they're over that by now because it's been two weeks. Let's go. It's time. Oh, to yeah, I, I'm sure. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying that, that. I don't even know if that was the case. I'm just saying, like, initially, you would have that. That would have to be going through your head, right? There's nothing wrong with me. I feel great. Uh, this one yeah. guy is tested positive. We feel bad for him. But why are the rest of us not out there, you know? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange time, but Colorado College will get underway on December eighth uh, right. in the pod in Omaha. Denver, like we said, starts tomorrow. What's your thoughts on Denver's matchup? We've talked about Denver's first three games for forever, but they're finally going to start things tomorrow. Well, listen, you know, I mean, like I said, they're they're going right into it. 
and they're going to play Duluth tomorrow night. And we saw Duluth today against um, Omaha. And you and I said something to each other before we got into the podcast that it was just a typical Duluth game. Omaha had their chances early. They were up two to one, had a chance to go up by more than that on the power play. And they didn't. And slowly but surely Duluth did what Duluth does and they choked them off and they, and, and, and they just swallowed them up and, uh, yeah, we got the tying goal, and eh, a little while later they got the a three to two goal, and then they went up four to two, and Omaha pulled the goalie uh, late where the power play made it four to three before Duluth got an empty netter, and you know it's it's almost like like watching a rerun when you watch the they play the same way the same game game after game after game. And Denver is kind of the same. <laughs> uh, you took you know, the words right uh, out of my mouth. They, they, uh, they, they both play. teams just reload, Paul. That's all they do is reload. Well, but it's not just that. But they have that same sort of, uh, you, you know, maybe we'll give up the first one, maybe we won't. But by the time the game's over, you'll feel choked. And you'll feel swallowed up. And you're going to be like, what happened? We, 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 were, we were doing fine. And then what happened? You know, they, they just slowly grind you down, slowly grind you down. And and uh, sometimes the similarities in style don't make for very good games. But the similarity in this style makes for very intense games. You know, and these two teams play it much differently than, say, North Dakota does. You know, North Dakota tends to be more wide open offensively uh, compared to Denver and Duluth. I mean, maybe I'm mischaracterizing it, but I don't think I am. No, it's it's a different style for North Dakota. They they're going to bring you a lot of speed. Um, right. That that's their philosophy. They have a lot of skilled players, as we know. Um, they will not choke you out. They will probably try to outscore you. Uh, and, and it'll be a fun battle to see, um, you know, how, how things go throughout the pod. Uh, you know, a couple things that, that are sticking in my head, Paul, and I, I got to get these out before we go. And uh, the first one is, as I asked Coach, is I don't know how you get complete and total fairness this season when you're selecting teams for the NCAA tournament because at eight, let, let me just use two examples. ASU playing all Big Ten schools and nobody else. Um, that that's going to be, as I said from the start, that's going to be a real battle for them, uh, I think, to, uh, you know, to, to get enough wins uh, to qualify. But then you heard Frank say, uh, you know, 13 is the magic number. you got to play 13 games to even be eligible. Um, so, gosh, I, I just don't know how this is all going to play out. I mean, it, it's just crazy. And some teams are in a bubble and playing games, you know, 10 games in 21 days. Some teams are playing like ASU now. They'll play a first half and a second half. And uh, and Air Force is going to bounce around. They're going to – they went to AIC. They're coming back to play Robert Morris. And they're going to play two exhibition games against uh, the National Team Development Program. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just uh, it's just bizarre to me. I, I really am struggling to, to figure it all out. Well, here – I, you know, I keep trying to make it easier for you. 
But you, you. Yeah, but I don't listen. You know that. I, well, that's clear. Okay. I, in this situation, you can't do anything but take it one day at a time. If you're going to sit here and try to figure out what the committee is going to have to work with in March or April or wherever or whatever to play it, um, just get through get through today's game. Right now, Western Michigan is leading St. Cloud three to two in the third start of third period, and I'm pretty sure that the St. Cloud goalie, St. Cloud goalie, uh, would like to have at least one of those back, but. You can only worry about today. Tomorrow you worry about tomorrow. Get the games in first and then worry about it. Stop worrying about what they're going to decide in, in, in at the end of the season. Get to the end of the season first and then worry about <laughs> it. Really good, really good point. Um, I never have those. Yeah, well, you have one there because that, that was a good point and a good way to take it in life as well. Just take it one day at a time because if you get too far out in front of yourself, uh, you're going to have problems, especially in 2020. So, we will all hope that 2021 uh, starts a new trend in the right direction, uh, both uh, in the world and uh, in the hockey world, if you will. But um, I, I also want to throw out that the quality that the NCHC is doing and give a shout out to uh, to them, because not only do they come out as a corporate partner with us today, but man, oh, man, it, it's enjoyable to watch a professional broadcast. And you and I talked about that. It's, it's done on TV and sent through. So we get it. Um, but, man, oh, man, there was a lot of thought, a lot of time, and a lot of preparation put into playing these games in Omaha. And if the first two games have been any indication, they hit it right on the nose. Well, it, it makes a big difference. And, you know, we have screamed about – or more correctly, I have screamed about the streaming uh, situation for the length of time that we've been doing this podcast. And I don't have a problem with knowing or understanding that uh, every school is different and every school has uh, budgets and so forth and so on. And, and just being able to see the games, uh, especially, you know, when your team is on the road uh, or not, even if it's at home, uh, we understand that everybody doesn't have the same budgets. And we understand that games are sometimes done through the video board camera feeds with radio feeds on top of it in terms of the the the, the broadcast booth okay. but apparently uh, in the years now that they have done streaming for 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 college hockey in the various platforms they haven't figured that out yet <laughs> yeah that's the understatement in, in, but... in, in, in all places they haven't quite figured that out yet <laughs> And, you know, we're very fortunate with NCHC.TV and the bubble and the podcast. Uh, I mean, uh, the, 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 the pod that there's a TV network that is producing all of the games. Now, whether or not they are actually airing all of those games live in that RSN's area, and not being streamed, I don't know. I, I mean, I know the North Dakota 
not being they're being streamed, but the people that live in North Dakota games are getting them on their cable TV and not right through through Midco. Yep. Right. Uh, Now, I don't know if Midco is showing that region all of the games. Yeah, I I have no idea on that, but I I would doubt it. I think it's all run through nchctv.tv with the exception of the the Midco clients, like you say, with North Dakota. And I don't know with RSN who who their clients would be. But um, Right. So I'll admit it is weird. I shouldn't say weird, but at least – the first game and the first game and a half, the ads that Midco runs, I know that that's not a New York-based regional sports network. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, and on that note, we'll just leave it at that. Well, um, no, I wasn't trying. I'm not, no, I know. I'm not saying no, I it's know. good or bad. I'm just saying uh, it's yeah, different. I yeah, I know. You know, we, I, you know yeah. the, the, the stations <laughs> that carry the Islanders and – the team in Manhattan and the team on the other side of the river, there's not a whole lot of ads run for, um, okay, you know, outdoor Don't get yourself clothing. in trouble. Well, no, that, you know, just leave it at that. It's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. Okay. So my point being is, uh, and this is how we're going to end it tonight is. Uh, the NCHC, I think, did a really good job, and, and, and Commissioner Fenton said that. He thinks that they had the best plan, and uh, if the first day is any indication, I think they did have the best plan. Now, uh, like you talked about budgets, and you, you could have seen the Big Ten doing something like this. They could have gone to Mariucci in Minnesota or somewhere, um, and and I'm sure Fox Sports North in Minneapolis or in in Minnesota – would have jumped all over the same type of thing. They could have done that same pod situation as the NCHC did, and I'm surprised that they didn't, to be honest well, with you. here's but, the question I would have for you. No, here's the question I would have for you, since you know that region much, much better than I do. I don't know it at all. How much of that would be – old-time, deep-seated, we don't want to give that guy the advantage. And uh, Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Um, I don't think so now because here's the thing, and, and we had uh, uh, Jess Myers and Pat Micheletti say this earlier right. uh, on the podcast that uh, Mariucci has naming rights. Uh, all the arenas do. But right. but three M wants to make sure that they get their money's worth out of that arena. Um, you saw what what Wisconsin did. They didn't even put ice in at the Kohl Center this year. They just went right over to the the women's arena, uh, Laban, and played over there. And and that's happened at Ohio State too. So uh, my thought is, why wouldn't they have done the same thing as the NCHC? Brought them all, I, and I'm just saying Minnesota because of the standpoint that they were going to use that full arena no matter what, and they have Ritter attached to it, which makes uh, practices real easy. There's plenty of locker room space, and I know that they would have had the TV coverage that they would have wanted, uh, very much like what's happening in Omaha right now. So I'm surprised well, at that. I'm kind of surprised the same thing didn't happen in Boston, but maybe the COVID is much worse up there. 
and that's why. Um, here's here's my here would be my response to to that, and, and and maybe this answers your question. Let's let's remember the schools in the NCHC. Their number one team are those eight teams in the pod. Their their yeah. their big their big teams are these hockey teams. Uh, you, you might be able to say, well, maybe not Western Michigan. Okay, I know at Miami, it, it's probably close with football and hockey. But maybe Western Michigan would be close to the same thing. But those other yeah. six schools, it's all hockey all the time. So yep. that might yep. make a difference more in, than likely more in than how likely. they approached it. Because the, the 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 other schools, you know, the Big Ten schools have other considerations where even though Michigan is a blue blood, Michigan State has won national championships, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin uh, are all big-time programs. Okay? Those are not, not the number one teams at those schools. Whether they want, you know, and, and I don't think I'm telling you a tale out of school by saying in the big hand that football is king. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean. Yeah, I hear you. And that's a very good point, and that's more than likely a a big piece of it. But um, since we have our new partner on tonight, Paul, let me sneak in uh, the NCHC spot one more time, and then you can take it away with the the read tonight. Okay. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. All right, we say welcome aboard to NCHC and NCHC TV. Thank you so much for partnering with partnering with us. We look forward to seeing all 100 games. I know my co-host will probably have all of them watched by the time they are done with the season, even though he is uh, pure, purely an ASU alum, as we all know. Take well, it away, this, my this friend. Is, this is this is awesome because <laughs> once again, it's Tuesday night and there's and there's hockey, and tomorrow there'll be hockey. It'll be every night except Monday, my friend. Yeah, every night except Monday. So um, I'm I'm okay with all of this. I, I promise you. So okay. anyway, Roger on. Klein's Cancio and Tequila has presented Cop Chalky Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G ultra band for business that America's been waiting for. Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood, Ice Time Hockey SW sent you, and let him show you the Belford difference. Online at belford.com or at the showroom, 2401 with Bell Road in Phoenix. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth Arizona bread. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Substate banner. Behind the mask in its three Valley locations, 
in line or on ice. We are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us behind the mask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural clean products at oxypow.com. Buy M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans, for ASU fans. And by the NCHC. Every game in the pod, on the road, or at home. NCHC.TV has you covered. Go to NCHC.TV and subscribe. Rod Kleins, Cancion, Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all of the iTime Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein, Cancion Tequila, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. All right. So when you tune in, folks, on Sunday night for uh, College Hockey Southwest Live, uh, there will be more games to talk about. Arizona State on the road to, uh, to face Notre Dame this weekend. And, uh, of course, the uh, pod will be continuing in the NCHC. And the Air Force Falcons will be taking on Robert Morris in the uh, at the Air Force Academy um, in uh, in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado, where they're getting a little dusty in the snow. The coach said as we thank him for coming on, Coach uh, Frank Serratori, always a great guest, and he's welcome anytime on our show. I'm sure you'd agree, Paul. I love having the coach on. I don't <laughs> love the dusting of snow, but I love having the coach on. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll say goodnight today with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. De Niro, our staple. Thanks to Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and, of course, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila for uh, presenting our podcast, as always. And, again, one more shout-out to nchctv.tv for uh, for jumping on as a corporate partner today. Folks, we still got plenty of cor- corporate partnerships available. Reach out to us directly. Uh, message me on any of our social medias or get me at scott at ithsw or ithswsales at gmail.com we can uh, we can accommodate you so good night and uh, enjoy some hockey